So before we started recording, Russ, you missed Zach dumped his coffee on the floor. And due to the amazing absorptive properties of tissue absorptive? paper. Absorptive? Absorbent. 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 Absorbent properties of tissue paper. It was amazing. It was like it never happened. 20. But you used the whole box. You pulled... Hey, you man. just you just pulled the this sides off the box. Me not the least the it, was just, it was just like an eight inch stack of tissue. We could, paper. We could have walked ten feet to the paper towel. <laughs> well, I, Hydrate my first without whole milk. I said, <laughs> you guys like, maybe get you like a got milk jersey. I said when Jonas Vengegaard is slamming right. milk yeah. halfway up the cold tourmalet. Okay, I'm gonna put milk in one of my bottles. Until then, <laughs> that survey was bought and paid for by Big Milk. I was gonna say <laughs> you thought Big Big Spring Bar had flex. <laughs> Big milk oh is my God. coming Big milk through. is coming for the Burlingame yeah. Park. So the, the next time you're you're sitting on your your porch, if you're listening to this in rural Louisiana or wherever you are, and it's humid and hot, just put down that lemonade, put down that water, and listen to Burlingame and Park with a nice tall glass of milk. Slamming a tall glass at two percent. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Let's uh let's have this podcast, shall we? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Welcome back to Burlingame and Park Watch Fam. My name is Zachary Pina. This is the center of the what do we call it? The, the Wiss, block. The, the Wiss Empire. The center, it is of, the the center block. of the block. It is yeah. the center of the block. I we, joined- are the, we are literally the the most culturally important watch store on our block. Yeah, I think that tracks. I believe yeah, that's tracks. a true statement. You know, I feel more statement. comfortable with that than and the Wiss Center. You universe. know what? The Wiss Empire, which I also kind of like. Yeah, that tracks. That tracks. Let's keep it humble. That tracks That tracks about as well as this being the top unranked watch podcast with no ad reads. No there you ad go. reads. We're six for six, seven for seven. Yes. Let's keep the streak going. I don't know. So I'm, keep I'm your, still working on keep partnerships. Your spring bar ad reads out of this one, sir. All right. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> we've already we've already apparently done an ad read for oat milk, which we have not uh, disclosed right. <laughs> already. So. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm joined as always by co-hosts uh, Rob Kaplan. Rob, good to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here. And uh, persona non grata today, Russ Kaplan. Good as to have usual, you. here I am. <laughs> All right, in the red corner, boys are gonna fight it out today. We uh, we have a fun episode planned uh, for today, and you know we're we're already about halfway through summer, which is kind of insane to to say and to think about. Um, but in the last, I would say probably six to eight weeks, there have been a ton of really interesting new watches, and the goal today is to get through the most colorful of said released watches, which we have kind of spilled out on a tray in front of us, which should be kind of fun to go over. Each of you guys uh, have been tasked with picking your three favorites. I have my three favorites. Rob, you have yours. Russ in the I'm blue in. corner. Russ in the blue corner. He's ready to duke it out. Speaking of the blue corner, uh, Russ, what is on your wrist today? Uh, what's on my wrist, <laughs> and what's on my wrist for the first time ever, is our Armin Strom Topper Limited Edition watch, which I am quite pleased to be able to have a day with. You should be very proud of that watch. That thing is spectacular. Thank you. Listener, if you don't know the story about the, Tarman, the Armin Strom X Topper Edition, this was our 14th Topper Edition. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Not number 13. <laughs> we're, we're skipping a floor. Yeah. We're skipping we're, a floor. We're, like a San Francisco elevator. Yeah, as, we're uh, counting the mezzanine. <laughs> that's right. We're counting the mezzanine. You can learn more about this watch. We actually interviewed our friend uh, Rick's watch diversion in a previous episode. So go check that out. It was a super fun episode. There were four of us here kind of crammed into Rob's office talking about 
this blue dial. That blue dial is spectacular and it's visible from space. Yeah. Funny thing. Were there of, five of us? No, no there were four. four okay. Funny. F- four, for sure. Oh, okay. The funny thing about that episode I was thinking about after we did it was we debuted a, a new, uh, a new uh, feature called like collector corner where we sure profile did. a collector. We sure did. Aside from the fact that Rick is incredibly knowledgeable, he then sprung like that he co-designed like maybe the most beautiful limited we've ever done in the, in the end of that episode. So mighty high bar we've set for it collector's corner. High <laughs> bar for collector's corner. Although we do have we do have plans for other future collector's corner, which I think it was just named. It was yes. <laughs> just now. It was yeah. just named as now. The collector profile that we've been doing. Other episodes or other collectors kind of right. in the topper in the topper right. sphere, as we refer to it. Right, but I don't want people to feel that if they're thinking about being on Collector's Corner, mm-hmm. that we have to debut a limited halfway through Collector's Corner. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if we could, though. <laughs> it'd be nice if we could. I hate Russ, reality. Yeah, <laughs> reality sucks. Uh, reality sucks. Russ, that watch does not. That thing is amazing. Very cool. And very cool to see that in the wild as well. It was cool to see the uh, yeah. the, the group rush shot. Rob, what are you wearing today? Well, I went rogue and I'm planning on going off theme for my three watches. And I'm wearing one of them right now. One of the new arrivals? Do yes. we? Okay, are you holding your cards then for when? We'll, we'll have um, you kick things off. I'll say what it is. Those. Okay. I'll we, say what it is. Take it off. I'm wearing the SRPK. 017, 55th anniversary, Seiko 5. Mm-hmm. A year before mm-hmm. we landed on the moon, <laughs> Seiko came out with a Seiko 5. And this watch pays tribute to it in a completely muted black tone that ruins our theme. But I liked it so much, I'm wearing it anyway. That's and right. Picking it, that. it, okay, so we have we have a lot of color on this tray. The yeah, idea themes, was kind of all color of the themes summer are, colors. But yeah. that watch is funky. And I feel like summer yeah. is about bringing the funk. Right. And the late 60s, early 70s is all about the funk. I'm here for it. That's right. Um, that watch, from what I understand, has been very difficult to come by. Yes. And We've, uh, um, I've we, actually not seen it in the metal yet because every time they come in, they disappear as fast as they yes, show up. We, yeah, we finally have them again. That's a super cool piece. It's a uh, Listener, it's a completely new case. It's a completely new kind of crown and, and bracelet, bracelet design. The bracelet is really, uh, really interesting on this piece. Zach, um, you've got a wonderful way with words. How would you describe the bracelet <laughs> on this piece? It is not tapered. <laughs> yes. Is it, it tapered? If it tapers, it's tapering tiny bit. Well, it has it has smaller it has small bar links. So these are these are just single bars, single yeah. rectangular bars. But what's nice about this style of bracelet is like there's not a lot of micro adjustment, <laughs> but the links are small enough that the links are in and of themselves the micro adjustment. So you can kind of remove as many of them as need be. I love this kind of bar style bracelet. I think they look super cool. They're kind of coming back right now a little bit too. I know who's who else has been. I know Breitling has one. There have been a few that have been kind of floating around, I think. Well, I mean, the big thing, like you said, like is the bullet bracelet, Bre- the Breitling's bright, version sure, is the roulette. 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 Yeah. I mean, so this is like a this is like a slightly more squared off. Yeah, bracelet, no, no one's say. ever going to feed this into a Vietnam era <laughs> assault rifle. I mean, these don't look very bullet shaped, but I think the big thing is they're just straight horizontal mm-hmm. links mm-hmm. and they look like I have some in my box. Mm-hmm. I've got some older, like late 60s, early 70s mm-hmm. Seikos and sort of like I would say like the Omega 57, it has that look of this super, super old vintagey. feels like it's going to be made out yep. of nothing yep. bracelet, but it's got a little bit of weight to it. It's that whole design shred of mid-century modern yeah. coming back. Yep. What you're seeing is I got to describe it as sort of a really heavily curated mid-century yep. modern. So it's a 
I don't know. It's really a 2023 interpretation or when it, maybe they designed it in 2022, but no, whatever. I love that. And it's great. And it, what's, what's the most impressive to me about this? And I'm like, you know, even noting like the, the crown at 430, which sits almost flush with the case, which is super cool. You have this like super deep and uh, kind of angular framing over the date aperture right. as well. The you know, day date aperture. What's cool about this though. And what's, what's kind of new for Seiko five is that they don't generally They've done some kind of like tributes to historical stuff in the past, but they haven't machined new parts. Yes. And this is a brand new watch with brand new parts, brand new everything. And, it, and it, the end result is something that's like actually really quite faithful to the original, which is unusual for Seiko 5. But I mean, there's a reason this has been doing as well as it has been right. from what I understand. So I mean, super cool watch. obviously, if you're going to compare it to Omega, the, the machining is not going to be <laughs> of, of that level in a $415 retail watch. But right. you still get that same feeling of this sort of modern modernization of a bracelet that feels, and, and, and at least when you aesthetically look at it, yep. looks like it could be out of the straight out of the 60s. No, straight out of the 60s. I think it's awesome. I hope I hope to see more of that bracelet. There are three other versions uh, that were that were part of this anniversary collection. If you scroll down just a little bit, Rob, there, uh, I believe there are... They're available in the fall, and these look, these adhere to the exact same case right. footprint as the the SKX. Yeah, um, I mean, this could be a rowing blazers. Correct. A, yeah, exactly. Same rotating bezel. Same. This is more like the diver style. Whereas, right. So anyway, that that just underscores my point about like you know, it's it's funky, but it's it's very new, and I think what people maybe don't fully appreciate is just how differently that watch presents, sits on the wrist. Uh, it's really cool. I love it. I love that for you. That's a good one. I'm wearing a Bremont today, my S502 GMT. This is the black, the jet version. That's the Cadillac of color GMTs. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you can have one in any color you want as long as that color is black. Yeah. I love the way Bremont does black and tan. You know, people cry about the the faux loom and stuff, but I just think... That ecru, tan, khaki, whatever you call the color, that's like the style now. It's not faux loom anymore. It's the style. I, I'm I, saying I've it right been here. A, I've been an island of disagreeing about calling it a faux loom for the 100%. longest time. Thank you. I always look at it as color scheme. Thank you. That's just me. I agree. And it's the same thing with all the Omegas too. Like even the, you know, the divers as well. They're not like, they're vintage-esque, vintage adjacent, but like. I don't know. It's such well, a great if you look looking... at the if you look at the no time to dive mm-hmm. to die watch, no and you look at that suit he had on the Tom Ford suit, yeah, yeah. the tan one he had on yeah. the movie, nailed it. That's what the watch nailed was. it. It's Thank not Fotina. It's a choice. <laughs> Fine, fair enough. That's exactly right. Black and tan. It's one of my favorite color schemes. It goes well with green. I love this aesthetic. Uh, and Wait, I would. I will, does this I just, mean we need to do a Guinness ad read with all this? Black we might have to. And, yeah, we might black, have to with all this and, podcast money. All huh? this black and tan talk. <laughs> all this black and tan talk. The last thing I'll say about the Supermarine is um, this is this is one of the the chunkiest but like best fitting big small watches I think that exist out there. Um, love the lines. Love this one. All right. So onto the agenda for today. So summer watches, Rob. You've already kind of spilled the cheese on yes, the uh, on my non theme. <laughs> but we, but you it's have to hear about it. Yeah, bring in the funk. So that watch brings the funk. That was your first of three picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, newly arrived to the store. Russ, I'm going to have you go next. The rest of what's on this tray is a little more colorful than Rob's choice, but still kind of funky, still colorful. And again, we're talking kind of favorites for the summer of 2023. So take us away. What uh, What's your top pick here? Sue, it's got to be, in the end, has to this be. one. This was such a huge color story this year. Yeah. So when Omega brought out 
their new Aquaterra series in the Shades collection. The whole series of them, I love the fact there's a term, I don't know if somebody told me, but for me on these watches, they're vibrant neutrals. So mm-hmm. you look at these colors, they have strong color theme to them, yet they go with pretty much anything. The one that we pulled out that I love is this one in the green color, which is kind of, it's a, it's a kind of a grassy green. Yep. And I love this one. I also love the saffron one, yep. which has got a kind of a golden hue to it. Yep. And in a color that I often don't love in watches, I just think they just did it incredibly well. So that's mine. The, the neutrality is a great way to describe that because also on this tray, we have other shades of green, other shades of blue that could be kind of misconstrued with this, but they go so hard in the other direction. Right. Whereas this is really, really subtle and kind of chameleon-like in nature. And the uh, the sand, like the khaki colored one is yeah. my favorite out there because I feel like you could pair that with any the Tom Ford, the khaki Tom Ford suit with a leather strap. I just think that would be just such a killer summer look. And to be fair, listener, this was technically... A 2022 story, but this was kind of pushed into 2023. I feel like the launch and the, all of the programming behind it, the updates to the dial, everything became a lot more cohesive this year. So to me, this feels like a 2023 watch and all the colors are in stock now currently. So I love that watch. That's a great summer piece. Wears beautifully. That's a great pick. Rob, you've already gone. So I'm going to make my pick. And uh, the not neutral watch. Not neutral. So this is also green in the same way. This is this kind of uh, mossy. I mean, I'm not sure what you would. Uh, you know, these are these are very like oceanic inspired greens. This is, of course, the new Zodiac Super Seawolf in white ceramic with the green dial and kind of the matching green seafoam rubber strap. I had the good fortune of photographing this watch in the Bahamas with the Zodiac team earlier this year. And this was a really, really cool piece in a sense that like when you kind of see it in the turquoise waters in the Bahamas and the palm trees and the sand, this watch makes sense. It's kind of the perfect like, you know, we were talking about this the whole time throughout the project. This was kind of the perfect vacation watch in and of itself. You kind of check out, you're wearing flowery shirts, you're wearing board shorts, you're hanging out at the pool, you're dumping in and out of the ocean. Like these are awesome. And uh, you still get 200 meters of water resistance and, uh, and you get kind of the reassurance of like a stainless steel core. So I know this is not like a full ceramic case as we've seen with like that you would get with like a Blanc Pond or an Omega, but still does the color really, really nicely. Still has a great weight to it. Nobody does colored dials like Zodiac right now. I mean, for real. (laughs) This is an awesome piece. So that is my first of three picks. Rob, what's your number two? Number two pick. Well. He is reaching. I am picking the 39 millimeter Longines Zulu. Spirit Zulu. Spirit Zulu. And what to say about this watch? This is one of the best traveler GMTs Pound for right. pound, dollar for dollar. Yeah, I mean to talk today. about to talk about That's this to about talk that. about this watch. We have to first talk about the forty two that came out. I guess two, two years ago, which, like you said, I mean there's there's a fourteen hundred dollar Seiko Sharp Edge GMT. That's a true GMT, yep. but that watch doesn't really have um, a very readable date wheel. It's got a little pointer. Yep, it's yep, just yep. a clock subdial. Yep. And it's very formal in, in its tone. That's I a mean, good point. That's I a good mean, point. That, Those presage watches are are pound for pound the yeah. best value you'll get if you that's can't, the functionality I mean, you want. If you, you actually want, cannot beat that. Yeah. So with that one watch aside, you know, this is a three thousand dollar price point, true GMT with you know ceramic bezel. I'm holding the blue dial, blue strap model, mm-hmm. and 
sort of an unsung hero of this watch and also of the 42 version is the micro adjustment clasp mm-hmm. is just first rate. It's really good. A lot of people aren't even aware that it has, has this. And, uh, I think Omega had a sort of similar on their, on their constellation, their bracelet models. They came out with this sort of sneaky micro adjust that a lot of people don't know. Sneaky I mean, not sneaky in the sense no, that they were sneaky, sneaky, but a lot of you can, it's almost impossible to see. And a mm-hmm. lot of people, when they try it on, they just mm-hmm. don't know that it's there. And it looks, it looks like a completely normal it folding just, clasp. Right. It just looks like a normal folding clasp, but yep. there's a button you press and you can yep. slide a series of, of yep. ratchets to get a really good fit. And I have to say, that's like, you know, the way the weather's been in the last the last two weeks uh, where it's oh. been blistering hot one day uh, today, it's been foggy and cold, almost raining in parts of the city. I mean, it's, we are not Malaysia where you have these super heavy temperature swings when you go from like, you know, sweltering mm-hmm. hot outside right. humidity to the indoor cooling right. air conditioning, but we are kind of getting the heat and the humidity and the air conditioning mm-hmm. natively outside. And having that adjustability is, is, uh, is gnarly. It's really, really helpful to have. Yeah. So um, I feel like when people are talking about these sort of sporty GMTs, whether they're looking at like the Tudor Black Bay Pro, they're looking at the Tudor Black Bay GMT, or they're looking at the 42, they're always thinking about thickness. And this mm-hmm. isn't like reinventing the wheel for, no. th- for thinness, but it is 13.5 millimeters. It's dramatically thinner than, than the Black Bay Pro. Yeah. I think this, this goes up against the Black Bay Pro. I think yeah. if you're looking pound for pound, dollar for dollar, I think mm-hmm. this is a better value. I think this is better finished. And I think this is going to fit a lot of people better also. And you get the adjusting, the adjustment in the clasp. I don't think, I can't think of another sort of attractive true GMT that's under 40. No. I mean, there's definitely some brands that that innovate that we, we don't know about. I mean, for sure. We know that ball has been for years promising a, (laughs) a true GMT that keeps getting Mm -hmm. pushed back. I think a lot of us are excited to see that um, when it ultimately does come out. And I think, I think there are some options at the micro brand level, because I know there are a few movements out there that are starting to become more widely available for smaller independent brands to take advantage of. Mm -hmm. Okay. But from like an Eta built, I mean, Longines is... is Silicon hairspring. Silicon hairspring. This is chronometer certified. I mean, there's... There's a ton in this, and you know I'm a I'm a self-professed like Tudor fan, um, having owned several over the years. I, I love what Tudor is doing. I just think this is a much more interesting watch. It's not as stoic. There's a, you know the dial finishing is really beautiful. This is maybe one of like the best kept or like the most under underappreciated options in like sports watches right now. The Spirit in titanium in 40 millimeters also truly like an exceptional kind of gada watch. We talk about the go anywhere, do anything watch fairly often. So that's awesome. I love this in blue. For me personally, I kind of like the bigger one. I would take the Spirit in 42 and be fine with it. I probably would get it on the strap though, because the lug to lug on the bracelet, the end links on the 42 millimeter do add a fair bit of like girth to the lug to lug measurement. So the 39 is great because it kind of shrinks things up a little bit. Russ, did you have something you wanted to add to that? Mm, I just think that, <laughs> no, all I, no, all I was going to say, yeah, no, 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 you've got it down. And this thing is, it's just very pretty. And this thing, yep. it's amazing at the price. It's great. I agree. Totally agree. That's a great pick, Rob. Uh, Russ, so take us to your second pick. So since we were talking about what was on my wrist before, I'm going to talk about the Armin Strom that's not on my wrist, which is the summer category that, I don't know, we always say we're going to talk about them and somehow never do, which is actually a woman's watch. And it's a woman's watch that I absolutely love. So this is a lady bead. It's a automatic Armin Strom. Um, it does 
a number of the things that Armstrongs categorically always do, which is it's their design philosophy that the movements in the watches are so beautiful that you ought to be showing off the movement in any watch they ever make. The dial of this watch, which is an offset dial, the dial, um, the time is told where the dial is placed at nine o'clock on the watch, has behind it adventuring, as well as the back plate is an adventuring. My favorite material that isn't stone that sounds mm -hmm. like stone, or mm -hmm. there is a stone that this isn't. Right. So Wait, wait, wait. Adventuring is not a stone? It is not a stone. It is a technique, a glass blowing technique. It, it is. No. So it is blue Murano glass with flakes of gold in it, which gives you that dark is a starry night feel to the watch, which is why, as you, my, one of my things I love so much about this watch is as you go into the sun, you'll see the blue become more vibrant as like a because it at least is translucent. It's a pretty amazing material. I did not know that. I did not know that. And I love adventuring. I mean, Omega goes all the way back with, you know, the, the cool adventuring speedmasters. Speed yeah. I mean, it was such a, such a cool starry time. We've seen plenty of celestial themed nice. tie-ins using time. the material. It's very lyrical. Of you. <laughs> I mean, a long and sunny has a very a thin, beautiful aventurine watch. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, this is spectacular. The dial is is one thing, but doing the backplate in it as well is really, really spectacular. Most this watch kind of took everybody by surprise a little bit because <laughs> for us earlier, you were like, wait, what is that? Where did that come from? I'll cool. tell you where it came from. I re I'll remember. <laughs> and this goes to where show- Where did it come from? It comes from our opening Armin Strom That's why I didn't know. And uh, by the way, I think we've, we've delivered nine of our topper editions. And I think- uh, Oh, there we go. And I think the other six will be delivering in Q1. So of, of next year. I think we touched on this a little bit in the previous so episode. I, where I, we think, uh, I think it just goes to show that I'm, Armin is a very, very meticulous- and yep. small low production company. I was that's so exactly what I was just going to say. I mean, in, it's, in this their production little, numbers are so oh, yeah. low. <laughs> we we ordered this the day we that's opened Armin Strom. Uh, that thing is spectacular. And also, what's kind of different from this and the other one of you fellows is going to have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's the System 17 collection. Yes. Okay, so System 17 is kind of the design aesthetic with this decentered dial with the the barrel and the movement kind of architecture, which you can see in sort of the three physical planes within the watch. Yep. Russ, the collab watch is also System 17, but it has lugs, whereas this Lady Beat is actually more of a lugless design with the strap kind of sitting flush into the I case. This is actually really cool. Th I think this it's, would be technically System 78. 78, excuse me, not 17. Thank you. Good. Correct. It's good that we can, we don't, always, we don't often get the corrections on air and then it publishes and I'm like, yeah, we probably should have tried to correct that. Yeah. <laughs> System and, 78. And unlike that one, this is an automatic also watch and it does yep. not have a micro rotor. It's got a full size rotor, with, yep. which has got this beautiful decoration on it. And you have any idea? I mean, what's that called? That kind of pattern? Do you know? I, I have don't. no idea. Rob, do you know the name of this? Uh, it's I've a, never it's seen a, it before. It's a guilloche. It's yeah, a but it's, or a striping, but it is not the traditional kind of Geneva sure striping you would see on a on a rotor. I've it's never, all kind of in a singular lateral kind of position, lateral uh, orientation across the rotor. It's really interesting, and the shape of the rotor itself is really interesting too. It's, it's more of like a scythe, it's like a crescent. crescent shape. The crescent maybe tying in the adventuring uh, celestial inspiration on the dial. We'll have to <laughs> get back to yeah, news to follow. <laughs> I guess that goes in the show notes, huh? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. The Lady Beat, the System 78, that's an awesome, awesome Armstrong. Great pick, Russ. So here we are talking about ladies' watches. I don't know if I've ever shared my favorite quote about ladies' watches from Barbara Palumbo, a, a oh, journalist. Nice. She speaks, not she speaks watch. She watch does on not her wrist. watch on her wrist. Thank you. She speaks watch is uh, a little closer she to home, watches. I believe. Just a little. Just, okay. just a, little. <laughs> a little closer to home than Barbara Palumbo. But 
Her definition of a woman's watch is a watch that is purchased by a woman. And Love I always that. thought that is a good definition. Love that. This is one that's uh, probably pretty unlikely to be purchased by a man, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, f- I mean, we see, I think one of the reasons why we don't talk about ladies' watches that much is there's a healthy amount of mm-hmm. of women who are purchasing watches that do, are designed with sort of openness in mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unisex or traditional men's watches mm-hmm. are purchased a lot. So oh, I love that. But this one, I think, is definitely catered to someone that's going to appreciate beauty. I couldn't agree more. And actually, that's that's actually a really good that's actually a really good transition, Rob. Maybe we'll skip me from my second. I can pick. never skip you. And I want to I want to jump to your third pick because I feel like it it pairs well with this when you talk okay. about a, a woman's watch is a watch purchased by a woman. Thank yes. you, Barbara. I couldn't agree more. And this this collection from Oris, this being your third mm-hmm. pick, it kind of straddles that line where it's like, if you love the color, man or woman, mm-hmm. this is your watch. And I feel like this is a good fit for that. Yeah. I, I think that uh, we're talking, of course, about the new steel cotton candy. And I think this is a watch that is definitely... When I heard they were making that, I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Because when I saw them playing around with the the vivid colors of the bronze, the one thing I sort of thought was, you know, like, I don't think that a lot of people would like the idea of having, you know, really, really old cotton candy that had patina stains on it. They, I don't think they would find that very tasty. And so when, when you think of cotton candy, at least at the fair, you mm-hmm. probably want it to be super, super mm-hmm. fresh. Mm-hmm. And so for those that want that cotton candy look that is like popping color, but doesn't have any sense of aging to it or yep. patina, I think this is a really good yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more. And I I had similar thoughts with the bronze originally because I'll be the first to admit that like I actually love the juxtaposition of kind of old and new. Yeah, this sure. Kind of like fresh, clean paint and this old peeling. I love that. And I've seen a few of these that are pretty well aged. Russ, I think there's one that floats there's around your house. One as that well. floats around my house. So my wife uh-huh. has one of the bronze versions of it. The one. It's actually the bronze version of the one we have here with the green face in it. Yeah. One of the things that was interesting it's about aged this. beautifully. It is. And I would tell you that that watch, when she puts it on, there's, if we're honest about it, there's days she looks at the age and says, oh my God, I love this. Mm. And there's days where she puts it on and says to me, you think this looks okay? And, and what's interesting <laughs> Should is- Should we break out the brasso? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's funny though, but it really does change even after you've had it a long time, more than you think from time to time. The new one, by the way, they did change the colors on the face compared to the old one. It's a slightly and the new different one, color. They made right. them a more vibrant color because they felt that it washed out a little amongst the white. And I got to say, I do just on a personal level, think this watch is just great looking. And when yep. people get a chance to wear this, and by the way, this definitely falls in that category of not a neutral green. Agree. It's just it's great. <laughs> great. This is a really good summer color. Yeah. And I think... I love the concept of bronze. I think I always, for every bronze watch I've ever owned, and I think most bronze watch owners can attest to this, you kind of underestimate how aggressively or not aggressively it's going to age. You either overestimate how much it's going to age and it doesn't age at all because the salinity in your skin and your sweat you know, affects how aggressively it ages. Where you live, the humidity levels, all these things, how close to the ocean you are, all these things kind of affect how aggressively a bronze watch is going to age. And for some people... You know, you end up looking like you have a barnacle on the wrist. And for some people, it ages kind of gracefully. So it really depends. And I love that kind of unpredictability of it. But I think the unpredictability is also why, for me personally, I'm like, 
oh, I just want the steel one. Like, I love the colors, but I would just love to have this in steel because, you know, <laughs> same watch every morning. My, Some people. My, my plan is that she never sees the steel, steel one in the case. It's safer for me. <laughs> Some people might <laughs> want play. some popping color without wondering what their patina journey will be. Nice. Yeah. We don't know. We know we're on a journey. We don't know where it ends up. There are two other yes, colors here. Yeah, exactly. There's a pink and there's also like a eggshell, like a robin's egg blue, yeah. uh, similar to the, the robin's egg from previous. So anyway, that's a great, that's a great watch. And speaking of robin's egg, so I don't wear a lot of blue. My second pick is going to be this new Bell & Ross, uh, the BR05 GMT. So I, ever since I saw the BRO5 for the very first time at, believe it was Basel World. Was it the last? I think it was the last Basel World. I saw the BRO5. And uh, Carlos showed it to everybody. You know, we very strict NDA. They were still, you know, six to eight months out from showing it. And, and um, I just knew it was going to be, it was going to be a hit. It's such a cool integration of the circle and the square. This is, the BRO5 is, of course, Bell and Ross's kind of, more urban. It's less instrumental than the kind of their pilot tool watches. This is their um, integrated bracelet steel sports watch, for lack of a better descriptor. And it's just finished really beautifully. Uh, the dials have amazing depth and dimension to them. They've been kind of very methodically rolling color into this collection. There's a copper version of the three hand, but so far the GMT versions have all been pretty sober. Like there's a black one, there's a white one. That's where we landed. This, again, I don't wear a lot of blue, but uh, the first time I saw this, I was just like, oh, this is gorgeous. This is this kind of effervescent, metallic, sky blue, robin's egg blue, but it's in a GMT. And, you know, we've seen, we've certainly seen plenty of iterations of this color as this kind of, as, you know, the Tiffany craze took over the world. This, of course, is not Tiffany blue. It is a light shade of blue and silver. But, you know, th this color being very in vogue at the moment, but you don't see a lot of complication in that. It's very cool to see this color that everybody's kind of clamoring for with a little complication. This makes for a really great little, uh, really great little traveler watch or a collaborator watch. This is technically a collar GMT or a desk GMT as they're referred to, not independently adjustable hour hand, unlike the Longines, which we talked about a moment ago. Um, or the Bramont on your wrist? Uh, no, this is the Bramont on my wrist is a, is a collar GMT. I wish... I I oh, I said or wrong. Oh, yeah. or wrong. Yes, correct. Yes, I meant, I meant <laughs> it's like the it's Bell like, Ross. That's exactly right. Although I do think that Bremont has with the new H series movements. It's in the works. That's what I've heard. That's what the rumor mill says. Mm. But that'll be exciting. That'll be exciting. TBD. Anyway, Bell and Ross, BRO5, Sky Blue, GMT. That's my pick. This is a great summer watch. Great little pool watch. That's killer. Right. And since we're talking about sky blue, <laughs> we can't really get away from it, can we? We're going to talk Rob. about a little more sky blue. Sorry. I'm done. I've You're said done. my three watches. You're out of here. Here's a little more sky blue for you. So I have in <laughs> my hand. I'm just going to plan my jokes now. Rob, <laughs> keep, keep keep planning. One of them will hit. Give the pen so, a couple clicks. Exactly. <laughs> one of them will hit. The I have in my hand the I'm, I'm on the sky blue top time triumph. That's right. Watch, which is a sort of sector dial with two slightly directional colors of light blue. So depending which way you hold it, the one one side of it looks kind of a little bit darker versus a little bit lighter. It's a very pretty summary dial where in the light it's going to change. And have this, a is cool. bit of that. this is cool. This is cool. And Breitling has, done, Breitling has done a few ice blue variants in the last, I would say, 18 to 24 months. They've always been limited. And so they 
usually are gone before we can even say that they've arrived. This is the first time this is not limited, although I believe the production is to be limited. It's to be fair. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. somewhat limited production. Right. I mean, any of these licensed products with MR, yeah. um, the watch does feature their movements in them now. It's great looking. Yeah, and it's, that's right. You know, this is a BO1 chronograph mm-hmm. movement, and uh, I feel like I feel like whether you're a motorcycle person or not a motorcycle person, there's a lot to love here. You yeah, don't necessarily the, have to be a petrol head to appreciate. No, that. and happily, the triumph on the dial, the logo on the dial of that part of it is demure enough where if you know what it is, you're going to know what it is. If yep. you don't know what it is, it's going to look like it's part of the design. I think it's it works incredibly well. That's right. I love that. That's a great watch. There were two that were released in that capsule. There was the Deus Ex Machina uh, version, which was the other kind of a surf, an Australian surf custom, motorcycle customizer based out of Australia, but they also are like big into surfing. And so this was, they did these kind of two together. So anyway, very cool capsule. My third pick, and then Rob, I promise I have something for you in a moment. So sit tight. My third pick is going to be, this is the G-Shock ah, from MT. The quiet, from the quiet and understated collection. <laughs> exactly. This watch is visible from outer space. This is, uh, so G-Shock, the MTG collection is kind of where they do all their crazy stuff, I would say. Every MTG watch with this kind of configuration that I've seen in the last two years, maybe even more, has been just kind of nuts. And this one's pretty nuts. We have like a translucent purple strap. We have, and Rob, you're going to have to help me with how this finish is executed. It's like a multicolored IP finish. And we've seen a few versions of this type of finish over the years right. from so G-Shock. This is the Aurora Borealis. Correct? Aurora Borealis. Say that five times fast. But it's been aged. So it's like the rural juror. Rural juror. Yeah. What was that from? Seinfeld? <laughs> um, anyway, the Aurora Borealis is um, where we've, we've seen these kind of rainbow colors rendered in IP before, which is like uh, their ion plate. Their ion plating, which gives it this kind of green, teal, purple, yellow hue, depending on how the light's hitting it. This also has like a final aged finish to it, so it's not polished. It's unlike kind of reminiscent a little bit of the crystallization of the the fortieth. it. The fortieth. So I, the fortieth anniversary it. full metals. Yep. There was a silver and a gold model that had this really unique crystallization. Now, if you're going to ask me like, what are the steps and what are the vats like and the timing instructions of how they do the crystallization, I'm, I I think I'm coming up. Empty. I'm going to need to know the hardness in yeah. Vickers, please. Yeah. Pencils yeah, up. Right. Pencils so, up. <laughs> and, and, and what but, it, but that's what's um, unique about it. I mean, they've, they've done probably four or five different, and they make conservative MTG models too. It's just that every year they make this showpiece. Yep. How can we show our technology right. and how can we give someone a vibrant look? That's actually, that's actually a really good point too. The Blue Phoenix is a famous the one. Blue Phoenix. The Blue Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a poison frog. A poison. That was a frogman. There was a frogman. Frog yes. Poison, but it was poison frog. I mean, it was clear in the same collection, but it wasn't that kind of, but they use, they use these kind of these mid range MTG pieces to showcase to your point. It, they're kind of like concept watches in a sense. So like yeah. we'll probably start to see some of these technologies rolled into like the DW series right. later. Right. Right. Super cool. Russ leaned over to check the price tag to make sure he knew what was. Now I know. <laughs> this, uh, I thought I knew. He was just checking the last three digits of the model number because yeah, exactly. he had all the rest of it. He's exactly. Gonna That's right. Logging in. Right. This is a $1,400. But the MTGs are kind of $1,000. Uh, yeah. Is right. that where they start? So these have always been my favorite G Shocks to photograph, bar none. They all have flat crystals. So you get a super clear, legible look at the dial. The colors are really interesting. No matter how you shoot them, they look awesome. I love these watches. This is definitely, if you want a little bit of color, every summer G-Shock does something that's absolutely harebrained. This is 
this summer's crazy colorful piece uh, just landed in the store. I love this watch. There are, of course, in front of us, this is all the colorful stuff. There was another really big color story that happened just a few short weeks ago from Omega that we don't have in front of us yet. We're going to do a dedicated podcast when all of these watches are here in the store. I've been asking them. Most of them are here in the store. At least one of them is in the store. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) We're going to do an episode about, of course, the Summer Blue 75th Seamaster Anniversary Collection from Omega. They basically did a Summer Blue edition of every Seamaster in the line from Aquaterra, Seamaster 300, 300 M Diver, Aquaterra World Timer. I'm going to miss one here. Ploprof. Ploprof. What you, what Planet Ocean. Planet Ocean. Ploprof. Ultra Deep. Ultra Deep, thank you. I did them completely out of order. Yeah. The order is you start from shallow and you go deep. But how cool was it to see? It maybe wasn't what I would have or what anybody was really expecting of a 75th anniversary when you look at like, you know, when we had the 50th anniversary of the Seamaster, of course, they did two GMTs. It was a relatively benign <laughs> anniversary. But, you know, everybody loves those sword handed divers. Those are still quite cool. I think the just the watch collecting world was in such a different state this is also in 1998. This is very true. Was it 1998? Yeah. I mean, yeah, was I mean, you're right. Houdinki didn't exist. I mean, <laughs> that's true. Blog to watch didn't that's exist. True. I mean, that's true. There wasn't. But that's, we used to look at the, so we used to look at this photo um, when we were in Basel World near the end in the back halls. They had this photo of like the show from like 1965, and you saw I remember that. And you saw two booths. One said Rolex, <laughs> the other said yeah, Omega. Yeah. They were both like 20 feet long. They were that next to it. each other, and that was before they were like these huge monoliths mm. that they are today. Before, but anyway, the Rolex booth now is the size of like a boutique hotel. Yeah, like a small yeah. hotel. How do you how do you get reservations there anyway? But um, <laughs> I that's don't a, know. That's I don't a, know. That's another subject. You have to know somebody. But it's true. The collecting universe is in a very different space, and I think I think that is and it emblematic of kind of what would you know is going to be on the tray in front of us when we talk about that collection. But you know they really embraced, and maybe you guys can corroborate this. I've heard that we don't have an Omega in front of us, but Rick was talking about. One of his earliest, his first topper purchase. So again, this is going back it to was Rick's a good planet version. With a lacquer. His first, so he was on the previous good planet GMT. Exactly. His first purchase from Topper Jewelers was a, a Planet Ocean Good Planet GMT in blue. And with I've the, with the orange trim. Yeah. With the orange trim. His first exactly successful it. purchase. I've <laughs> he had the failed Railmaster purchase years before. Nice. I've heard that Omega does blue dials in such a way that no one has the Omega blue. No one does. And I've heard this about the Aquateras as well, too. Maybe the Aquatera might be a better when you look at like the 80, the 8000 series Aquateras. So like the 8500, 88, 8900, the blue dials, the Skyfall, for example, that blue, that shade of blue. Omega does its electroplating or however it does the dials in such a way that no one has that exact shade of blue. And so blue has be kind of come become like an Omega color. Well, and this one Russ is shrugging. Well, Rob what is nodding? Yeah, this, yeah, this. I don't think that's in the field manual, but um, <laughs> but I will say this. I mean, one of the things that's really interesting is just like 
here we are. We picked all of these colorful watches. And the first watch I talked about was a watch without any color. So I think it's interesting to see the extent that people come up with a theme mm -hmm. and then are willing to break the theme mm -hmm. for good reasons. So mm -hmm. supposedly the, the extent of the blue and the amount of darkness and lightness varies depending on how deep the watch That's goes. Exactly it. Um, but it'll be interesting when we get them to see if there are some aesthetic choices yep. That's exactly it. that actually break a little bit from the theme just because that's what you sometimes yeah. have to do no, to that's make exactly the watch it. as good as you can. I, on that note, and I was baffled when I saw initially saw the collection. I was like, it's all over the place. It's every watch. All the colors are different. I don't understand. And the more time I spent with it, again, I haven't photographed any of it. None of us have handled any of these watches yet, unfortunately. But what I do now understand and appreciate about the collection, the Aquaterras have the lightest blue dials. And actually, I would argue that the, the three-hand Aquaterra with that teal dial with a Bright blue is maybe my favorite of the whole collection. If I were to get any of them, it might be that because you just want blue. Like, just give me like, just give me ham and eggs. Like, give me the basics and my give me the, the color. My favorite thus far from what I've seen is something that I would have not expected. I love the 39 and a half millimeter Planet Ocean. That's cool. And I love the way sort of that vertical striation looks combined yep. with the yep. color. And interestingly enough, my favorite, which is neither of yours, probably the Plo Prof. <laughs> and I'm really yeah. curious to the see Plo it because they changed so it. I just, poor, poor Russ has been um, trying to find a Plo Prof that he likes for the entire time I've known him. He, true. he briefly, uh, one of his saddest days was, <laughs> and, was a scrub. and he, he got one of the, like the first time the steel Plo Prof came back like 2000, Six two thousand seven. He right. got it, and he's a lefty. So what, what, however, uh, he put it on. He was get. He got could. like he got like wounds from this <laughs> prof, and he he just he had this like cool orange strap on it. And oh, when no. he realized he had to give up the watch, he just looked so defeated. So that's here we are thing. now with this prof that's more like true to vintage size. That's smaller than. Than it's the vintage specs. Any of Correct. the the Ploprofs that they've made from the odds to good now. Way. And not yeah. just that. So I, I, I want to see if you can pull it off. We Russ, have, we have I'm to rooting get one for, you. for you. You have to it, have That this is watch. if we can ever fill our pre-orders and get so you one. Yeah, we'll I've also, I, this, is, this is a sidebar. I've heard they're only making, so it's not limited, but they're only making 300 a year. 300 was the number that I've... Of Ploprofs? Yes, of the blue. That is a rumor that's escaped me. This is... This is again. We're we're only doing hot takes and rumors on this podcast, and I'm going to give you as many rumors. As I, can I love done. rumors. Um, <laughs> this came from another boutique source. Three hundred a year. I don't that know that that's yeah, true. True or not, the boys won't confirm. We don't have to confirm or deny. But I think the punchline is that the Plo Prof is maybe going to be kind of tricky to get. I've heard. I've heard it's going to be by far the trailing watch yes. and part of it is first omega steel ploprof yep. new material yep. new size new yep. case correct so uh, of all of them and to be fair they probably could have done the 75th anniversary collection with just the ploprof they could have said 75 years baby here it is but I'm guessing they're saving other colors of yeah. that for the ploprof anniversary now Sp that they're bringing it back speaking of which we should also um Look out onto the sun, the sunset of Tatooine. <laughs> stare at the two suns and longingly dream of the new planet ocean that didn't come. It was because not... there are a lot of people that were expecting the 75th anniversary true. to include 
like a 41, 42 millimeter plow prof. Just because it wasn't in the 75th anniversary doesn't mean that this watch won't eventually come, yeah. that there won't be a redesigned plow prof. Will there be one this year? Probably question that we yep. get asked the most. Cannot we, confirm or deny. And, well, it's not. It's easy to not confirm or deny because we flat out don't know. By the way, <laughs> you were talking about redesigned Planet Ocean, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said plow prof. Oh. Just, but, just clarify. I, I was I was with you. Thank you, Russ, for that. That's Sorry. important. It's okay. That is redesign. So a lot of no. Yep. I mean, the fact that we got a redesigned Plow Prof was an inc- I think a surprise yeah, to everyone. I completely agree. And, yeah, I completely and agree. And I think they did an amazing job of and keeping would, that under wraps. I would argue that that was maybe that was maybe their you know it's maybe their most kind of historically significant distinctive watch kind of being a prototype. Russ, as a future modern Plow Prof owner, yes. I can tell you, <laughs> I, not having tried this But not the anniversary on, model yeah, because yeah. you'll never get never it. Never see it, yeah. It is, you know, and I, I love that Omega recognized this, that, that ladder style rubber strap, the isoframe, which mm-hmm. was traditionally yes. the original equipment, is hands down the best way and the most comfortable way to wear a Plow Prof. And I say this having owned both the steel and two versions of the titanium. Yeah, you're like Mr. Plow Prof. Yeah, I have, I, I, I'm comfortably, I have, I now have the Plow Prof that I wanted and I'm happy with it. It's on an orange isoframe strap. It's about as comfortable as it gets. So let's talk a little bit more about your Plow Prof. Which one is it? Uh, it's the gray dialed titanium one with the orange bezel. Nice. So it's kind of a pumpkin. And if people want to see uh, fascinating <laughs> photos of it, uh, what's your Instagram again? Uh, it is uh, Zach XRYJ. Yes. Right. You can find me. You can see the most beautiful Plow Prof photos on a Six and a half inch wrist you've ever seen. Six and a half inch wrist. But, you know, Russ, it'll fit you really, really well. I don't think it'll gouge you anymore because that rubber strap kind of holds it in place better. The guy can hope. The guy can hope. Plow Prof's going to be hard to find. But again, just to kind of put a bow on this conversation, you know, the whole collection is in and of itself a representation of Omega's capability within 75 years in terms of uh, in terms of, you know, the, the Plow Prof is kind of emblematic for its it was a prototype. It was a it was a Comex prototype was the original. And so, you know, these are the pioneering days of working with, you know, agencies that were exploring the deepest parts of the oceans. More recently, the ultra deep, the current agencies and the record breaking, the record holder for the, you know, the deepest dive with Victor Vescovo's expedition. So the ultra deep also kind of carries the torch of the Ploprof and then everything in between. You know, um, what? we should put in the show notes if we can find it. OK. A link to some Jacques Cousteau video where he's wearing a Ploprof. That would be cool. I don't know if there's a video, but there's definitely photos. Okay. For sure. I mean, it's one of the, it's, it's the original, it's of that era. And you were talking about the sixties and seventies. Yeah. It was of that era. Love that. So yeah, we're certainly going to have another episode coming up, hopefully soon, hopefully sooner than later, specifically about the 75th anniversary collection. So we can talk about it kind of in person those kind of impressions. Fellas, this was super fun. Summer is really about, and I, as I kind of look at my watch box in the middle of the summer, it's, everything is very like forest rangery. It's very black and tan. It's black. It's white dials. It's very sober. And when I look at this tray and see blue and green and purple and all of these other colors, man, I really need to branch out a little bit. So some great picks in here. Thank it, you. It, it got to make you do something I don't see every day. Look, <laughs> see, this is it. He's smiling. That's exactly, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly right. Only, only on, uh, only on recording days. But I do also want to send along a very special thanks to listeners who have been reviewing this podcast. It's been very, very helpful. It helps us show up in search results. And I keep getting messages saying, hey, this podcast was recommended to me by Spotify or by Apple. And that only happens when lots of people are reviewing. So thank you for doing that. It helps helps kind of boost the show's uh, results in search. 
and uh, it, it, it ensures that we can continue doing these without ad reads because Rob is champing over here at the bit to do another spring bar read. <laughs> We're dying. gonna sign those guys. I just know it. <laughs> we got big oat milk on the phone over here. Yeah, dying to just have Russ talk about oat milk for. <laughs> As always, boys, uh, absolute pleasure having you. Thank you. Uh, some great insight on summer watches here. So thanks for sharing. And uh, listener, we will catch you in the next one. Thanks, boys. Thanks for hosting. Thank you. Good stuff.